Hello and welcome to Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kim Cusack, and joining me today is a very talented indie folk singer from the UK, Jack Woodlawn. Hi, Jack. Hi there, Kevin. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Really excited for this. So, you just released your debut EP, A Rogue at the Door. Yes, yes I did. And it is very good, by the way. Can you tell us about the process and why the name A Rogue at the Door? Well, the process kind of started, I guess the writing process really started when I graduated from university. I graduated from Exeter University. And then I was kind of like, after that, I was kind of thrown into the world, kind of left to my own devices, really. So like, like the whole process, like just the initial conception kind of came from like, kind of wondering where to go and what to do. Like, I definitely wanted to be a musician and to make it in that industry, but like just debating how to get there and trying to spend that time really honing my songwriting abilities. I did the whole EP just from home and I got some fairly um, basic recording equipment and I just kind of put just a selection of songs out there just to see how they do. And with the name A Rogue at the Door, it's a line, like the second single from the EP called Violet. Um, There's a line that says, like a rogue at the door, cut the tie, cut the ties he bind. Um, yeah, like, I I don't know why it was that specific line that kind of jumped out at me from that song, but I don't know, it was just, like, this air of mystery about it. There was just something quite sort of intriguing, almost like a bit of a, I don't know, kind of fantasy-esque thing, kind of mysterious. Like, it was just a, quite a eye-catching title. It was just quite a nice one-liner, I thought. And, yeah, the writing process for the rest of the album it was like because at the time I was really reflecting on like events that had happened in my past and like things I'd kind of left behind really and it was just kind of me like that whole writing process was me reflecting on all that like a past relationship and being really satisfying creatively it was also really cathartic writing those songs it was just like a like once I'd like finished that last song, it was just like this enormous weight had just lifted off my shoulders. It was just such a lovely feeling once I'd completed it. Very good. And you've been surrounded by music throughout your life. What was the most yeah. inspiring concert you've attended and why? Oh, wow. Um, God, I remember into a few. I remember the first time I saw someone who was like a hero to me. Um, it was a musician called Nick Kershaw. Um, he was pretty big in the 80s, and he's a big hero of mine, just such a witty songwriter, such a talented guy. And I saw him perform live, with, and it was literally just him, an acoustic guitar, and a few effects pedals. And the, it was just a phenomenal performance. Like, he played like some of his newer stuff, which I loved, and some of his older stuff which he like strips down like 
from these kind of synthesizer based things just this acoustic guitar and it was just phenomenal and like i was kind of leaning forward wide-eyed in my seat the entire time (laughs) yeah i would say like that was such a profound moment for me seeing that concert it was just terrific so like just really invigorating as well i think i must have like picked up the guitar that night, just like something else. Right on. And yeah, you mentioned Nate Kershaw, brilliant songwriter and big fan of his. And Wouldn't Be Good is a fantastic song. Absolutely. Have you ever been to America? You know, I have once. I actually went to Florida. Like, this is going back, God, I must have been about 12, maybe 13. It was such a while ago and I remember loving it like me and my family we went to Universal and Disneyland we we did all that and it was just like I know like that's like the memory from childhood memory of mine like I I know I just have really fond memories of that place I also remember that um trying to think it was I think it must have been a volcano I can't remember which one but there was this ash cloud that kind of prevented us from flying back so we were just kind of stuck in florida for another week or so so but it was a lovely lovely time there that's good of the songs on your ep which one is your favorite um out of all the songs on there um oh god i'd probably say definitely between the two singles either absentia or violet I'd say it was a bit more more gratified coming up with Absentia. Like that was was me like kind of showing myself, okay, I can, I am actually improving at this. Like I can come up with good songs. Like that was quite a profound moment for me. Like actually coming up with something that I was really, really proud of. And like, it was also, I'd say that's the most cathartic song I've ever written. Yeah, it's coming from the kind of the demise of a romantic relationship and just a lot of stuff, a lot of feelings that I kind of kept buried. And like that song just allowed everything to come out after however so many years. And it's just, it's just such a freeing feeling writing that song. So yeah, out of all the favorites on the EP, it would probably be Absentia. I definitely uh, most proud of that. What is harder for you, melody or lyrics? Melody or lyrics? I mean, I would say melody because I'm not like I'm not a terribly confident singer. I can hold a tune okay. Like I would say at this point, lyrics come more naturally to me. Like because like I mean, I've never been able to. Articulate myself, articulate myself very, very efficiently. Just speaking to people, like it was always through like writing lyrics or poetry that I was able to kind of really think about what I wanted to say and actually get it out there and actually express what I wanted to say. So that's always been very natural for me. Although in terms of melody, like more often than not, it will start with me just jamming out on an acoustic guitar either that or I actually recently got myself a MIDI keyboard so like I'll just like a quick go on that see if I can come up with anything really but more often than not it starts with the guitar and then I'll just like the writing process for me typically goes like I'll have the guitar part I'll record that and then like I'll kind of listen to that on repeat for like 
like several hours or something and like until I'm able to come up with some lyrics that kind of fit phonetically and just in terms of the general mood of the song and then I'll like lay the vocal track on top of it like that's usually how it goes what songs at the moment are stuck in your head oh well um there's a bunch at this point in time like Elliot Smith is one of my favorite favorite artists of all time and I'd say the song between the bars it's just like I know there's just something so gorgeous about that flow and it's like something I know there's just something so profound about that song it's just like to be honest I probably would say that between the bars is my favorite song it's just like there's just something so spot on about it like I can't quite describe it just the atmosphere and uh, just like the and the vocal line as well like Elliot Smith was a genius when it came to vocal lines and it's just yeah I, I would say Between the Bars is just like the perfect song for me it's just I'd love to be able to kind of recreate that kind of mood but it's just like I don't know it sounds like such a simple song it's not terribly long at all like it's only like a couple of minutes long but like in that short space of time it's just like oh it just gets everything right it's just amazing a couple of your other influences are david bowie and sophion stevens yeah yeah also velvet underground which their album velvet underground and nico is definitely one of the best albums of all time Oh, absolutely. Like, at the time of its release, like, to think that it was this, like, it was seen as a failure, and it's gone on to become one of the cardinal pillars of rock music, and it's just, I don't know, it's just an album I loved the moment I heard it, and it's just, it just holds up so, like, it's so weird, because it's, like, at the same time, it feels so timeless, but there are some parts of the album that feel like decades or like centuries old. It's just, I know there's just something about it that's just so, so gorgeous. Absolutely, and one of the best songs of all time is All Tomorrow's Parties. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Such a gorgeous, gorgeous song. It is. Growing up in the UK, were you a fan of shoegaze music shoegaze like like it's never like it was never something i really grew up with like it was only that was only since i guess entered university where i started really exploring that sound with bands like my buddy valentine and all that like yeah for me it was kind of a typical sort of music like david bowie or the beatles or the other underground or like all the indie folk that I really took inspiration from, like Elliot Smith, like Bernie Bear, like Sufjan Stevens. Like it's only like as of late that I've kind of dipped the toes into the whole shoegaze pool, if you will. Um, but yeah, like some of those albums, like obviously Loveless by My Bloody Valentine has such a gorgeous sound to it it's just like so open and so like wild it's I don't know I'd love to dive more into it absolutely yeah you mentioned Loveless by my Bloody Valentine epic album for sure mm, absolutely 
And yeah, with UK music, there have been a lot of great um, music movies. Like I'm not, like I'm not really sure if it kind of really counts as a movie. It's more of a documentary. But there was this one. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it's there anymore, which is a shame. But it was a documentary on the Rolling Stones, and it was called Crossfire Hurricane. It was just such a brilliant insight through the 60s, through the 70s, through the 80s. And the and there was commentary from the band members themselves. Like they provided real glimpse into what it was like like for that band like and all the turbulence they went through with all the different members it was just like, it's just so, it's definitely one of the most interesting documentaries I've seen in such a long time it was just terrific nice you gotta check that out sometime hopefully they'll put it back on Netflix I don't know if it's because I know they removed it for whatever reason but if they put it back on then please check it out because it's so so good like if you are a fan of the Rolling Stones like I am it's just oh, it's just amazing it's just like it really just keeps you gripped the entire way through yeah speaking of music films have you ever seen the movie Velvet Goldmine Velvet Goldmine yeah um god I feel so bad because I've seen like parts of it and it looks absolutely stunning but like it's, it's definitely on my list like I've I don't know if you've heard of the musical Hedwig and the Angry Inch I have but it definitely yeah it kind of, like for me like just seeing the two and listening to the soundtracks it definitely kind of kind of have quite a lot of similarities to me with all the kind of glam rock stuff and punk rock, punk rock and all that it was just like yeah that's a really good musical it's also a really yeah they yeah they did make it into a film Hedwig and the Angry Inch yeah they did yeah it's terrific yeah, it's so, so good. Like, Midnight Radio is just such a gorgeous song. I saw it a little while back. It was called Sing Street, and it was based kind of... I want to say it was based in the 80s, and there was this kid trying to form this music group, and it like, takes you through all of his like influences and like all the kind of music he's taking in. Like, there's one day where he goes into school dressed like Robert Smith from The Cure and another where he's dressed like oh I'm trying to remember what the band's but yeah that's a really good film like that's a terrific music in that as well definitely can't go wrong with 80s music too oh absolutely no. The Cure especially like, I love The Cure so much me too so many brilliant songs by The Cure yeah absolutely probably like a year back there was, I saw this live stream that they did of, of a concert at the um, Sydney Opera House and they started off playing these B-sides and like I was like because I hadn't heard these before and like some of the B-sides were just fantastic like it's just like how the how some of these didn't make it on the final album is just I don't know why <laughs> but no the concert was just fantastic being from the UK, what is your favorite UK food? Oh, God. Um, oh, wow. Like, I don't know if like, I can pinpoint something that's like specifically the UK. Um, it's not a specific thing, but there's this one restaurant where, like, near where I am called Pink Moon. And I used to go there all the time before 
COVID with um, Carrie, a good friend of mine, a good, a very good um, poet friend of mine. And we eat just like the food there is gorgeous. Me and Carrie would just like eat all the food there, and like while he wrote poetry and I wrote lyrics, and the, just the memories spent at that place as well. It's just like ah, oh, so good. I miss that like pretty like top of the list like of things I miss like because of like COVID and everything. Very good. So you mentioned you love food. Mm-hmm. If you can share a meal with any artist alive or dead who would it be and why oh god um see i'm trying to yeah i don't know if you've heard of the artist father john misty but like he's such a witty songwriter and such a like produces such brilliant music such such a brilliant sound that he's got like i'd love to just sit down with him and kind of take his brain about like Kind of his writing process and like his like the process that goes behind his production and yeah like just like the guy is just amazing and I'd love to like sit down with him and just you know share a meal and just chat about music like that would be amazing yeah yeah Father John Misty final answer <laughs> <laughs> yes Father John Misty is a fantastic artist Absolutely. Yeah, he's played with uh, one of my favorite bands, Temples. Oh, yeah? They're from UK. Oh, yeah, I think I heard of that. He also played with um, Fleet Foxes. He was the drummer for Fleet Foxes for a while. Yes, and another one of your influences, Fleet yes. Foxes. Yeah, yeah. such a good band. Like, I really got into them whilst I was at uni. It was actually one of my teachers who introduced me to them and I've just been hooked ever since like just this great orchestral sound like with all this reverb and just such like intricate but just so tasteful songwriting it's just oh you can't beat it really be really neat to go see him live hopefully yeah. like one day I can absolutely like just like seeing them in concert like on YouTube or something it's just like they they're able to just fill out that sonic space so in such a pleasant way it's just absolutely gorgeous what message do you hope people get out of your music wow um i mean what i hope to offer is my own perspective on things such as love and heartbreak and mental health mental health sorry loneliness and isolation like those are the like amongst the main things I tend to write about and if somebody can just take something away from that if somebody can kind of relate like my music to their own struggles and like kind of understand like actually have a way to kind of conceptualize what they're going through like when they might not be able to like that would be I know even like if one if that happened with one person then I'd be insanely happy that would make me so so happy right on yeah what do you think of the podcast I really really like it it's just like such a I know there's just a vibe about it like I'm not too familiar with podcasts but this is like like this the first one I've really kind of been really 
invested in like because i know the questions you ask they're just like really thought-provoking and yeah i don't know i just it's just fantastic like i'm absolutely honored so thank you so much you're very welcome and i'm glad and that means a lot to hear that any words of wisdom through these rough times oh well <laughs> um god what a mammoth of a question <laughs> um oh god i just because like now i'm feeling this pressure to come up with something really witty or really profound or really philosophical um and i guess like what i've been telling myself is to like have an idea have an idea in your mind of what you're gonna do once covid has ended like just having that connection to what normality is is kind of pretty important to getting through this insane trial that we've all been put through so yeah just keeping your mind on your plan like trying to form trying to formulate a plan for what you're going to do when this all eventually blows over and we can all get things back on track again anything you want to add Ooh, um i guess the only thing to really add is to ask everyone to check out my debut ep aroga the door on all streaming platforms now so spotify youtube apple music all that another recommendation i have is to check out an artist called Luzana that's spelled L-U-S-E-A-N-A it's a fantastic artist that I'm going to be working with soon I'm going to be joining their band as a lead guitarist and they have two songs on Spotify already that I do play guitar on so yeah just two fantastic songs that designers put out please check them out as well yeah and that artist is a really great artist as well and actually one of my followers on twitter yeah yeah i saw yeah thank you so much jack for joining me today oh i had such a good time doing that thank you so much you're welcome absolute absolute pleasure going to play a couple songs from jack worldon first one is called burn the painting No, stay. 
Next song I'll play is Absentia. Thank you. 
Jack Woodlawn, I am Kim Kiesack, and thank you all for listening to Hitting the High Note.